everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we love talking all things Web3. We got the cohort, Brian McNutt here. I'm Joe, your host. And today we have a very special guest, Les Borsai here from Reflexed, who is leveraging blockchain AI to help build a more open and fair talent economy. Welcome, Les. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I mean, reading about your background, you have an extensive background crypto investments. I mean, we can probably talk all show about it itself, but, you know, briefly tell our audience how'd you got it, get into Web3 and, you know, tell us a little bit about Reflect. Yeah, so I guess if we go back to the beginning, um, you know, I guess I'm a little bit nostalgic and I've always loved video games. Um, and I do believe in this philosophy of everything that was old um, will be new again. And one of the games I really, really loved was a game called New Romancer, and I think it came out in 1987. Um, so it was one of the early cyberpunk games, and I'm old enough to remember like that whole cyberpunk movement, um, and you know, loving books, you know, by William Gibson or um, you know, the Phil Dick books or Snow Crash or you know Neil Stevenson stuff, and and it, it was such a cool, vibey thing, and, and it impacted culture. So I've always really loved culture. I um, left home at a pretty young age and ended up working in the music business because that's what all failures do. Uh, when I leave home at 16, you know, they, they go to the one thing that's an easy job. Um, but all kidding aside, you know, I, I worked in every aspect of, of the music business. And, you know, that was everything from promoting concerts to managing talent um, and, you know, working at record companies. And I, and I always had a, a love affair with technology. So I did some things in the Silicon Valley kind of early on as that world emerged. Um, there was just something about technology. I was always kind of driven to it. Um, so pop culture, technology, I was always just like mixing ideas. Um, and at a certain point in 2013, um, I became an advisor to Ripple in 13 and invested in the right. Ethereum pre-sale in 14. Um, 17, bought my first NFTs. And in 18, with my partner, Dave Seamer, we formed a company called Wave, um, which was a company that you know was a registered investment advisor. We focused on finance. Um, I wanted to get away from entertainment. I wanted to, you know, do something that was vastly different. And, and Dave kind of afforded me the opportunity to do that. And, you know, what that company does in a very regulated way is uh, we have funds, we manage um, uh, finance for high net worths and protocols, and, and we create financial products. Um, we do some distressed asset stuff. As well, I don't know why this phone is making noise, but I am going to shut it off. Um, so, you know, Wave became one of the bigger registered investment advisors relatively quickly, and by twenty-one, managing a couple billion dollars, um, and we had really, really good partnerships. And you know, I really fought most of my career to get out of entertainment. Um, there were so many things that I, I just didn't like about it. I didn't like the way IP was being dealt with. I didn't like the way talent was being dealt with. I didn't like dealing with talent. I didn't like anything. And, um, <laughs> you know, I had the opportunity um, with Charles Hoskinson, who was the founder of Cardano, to reimagine what NFTs and gaming might look like. And, and that's what Reflect is. Um, it, it's a product of that conversation. And really, you know, What's that quote about insanity, doing it over and over again? You know, somehow mm -hmm. always go back to facets of entertainment. So that was a long-winded explanation to tell you how, how I got to reflect. 
tell us a little bit about the platform Reflect. Like, what's uh, what's the overall thesis behind it? Well, the overall thesis, you know, for me was really, really simple. You know, I saw this kind of split over Web 2 and Web 3, where the Web 2 guys didn't like the Web 3 guys, and the Web 3 guys <laughs> didn't like the Web 2 guys. And, and I just didn't look at the world that way. I, um, I thought, you know, there were interesting aspects to Web 2. If you play traditional games that are created by traditional companies like Activision and others, I mean, they have these amazing, beautiful ecosystems, um, you know, buying skins and, and just, you know, the, the, the vast amount of speed, you know, with Web 2 and, and what you're able to accomplish through all of the different platforms globally was always really interesting to me. So it wasn't like Web 3 is going to replace all of this. It was kind of the same shit we heard, you know, when crypto came out, venture capital's dead. Crypto is going to be, it's like, no. You know, there, there's elements that you need to tap into with Web 2. And, you know, for me, the interesting parts about Web 3 were different business models, you know, monetization, the ability to sell digital goods. And that's what I'll call NFTs today. Yeah. Um, that impact gaming through these um, Web 3 decentralized ecosystems that are global. And if you go back to my early career, you know, when I took the concept of, you know, music, for instance, there were great technologists in Silicon Valley that thought they were, you know, A&R people. And there were great A&R people that thought they were technologists. And there was just this communication that didn't work. So if you could bridge the gap, you could create these really interesting products. And that's how I got into IP and a lot of other technologies. Well, it's really the same thing here. You know, the Web2 guys are real purists, but then, you know, you got guys like Sweeney. You know, it, it's just so interesting to see, you know, a position that Epic takes you know, whereas a different position that Steam might take. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that part of all of this really fascinated me. So the thesis was, how do we take these interesting emerging technologies like AI? You know, social media and influencer culture was just a disaster, um, in my opinion. And what people didn't realize about AI and LLM is it was going to change the way everything was was perceived and executed on and search would change and lead generation would change and all these things would change. And so how do we take AI? How do we take gaming? How do we take vintage gaming and reinvent it? And how do we take, you know, um, digital currencies and decentralization to create a world? Because that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to say, well, fuck web two. I wanted mm -hmm. to really create an environment. So if we really distilled that, distill the thesis down is I, I really like world building and you know having people that are talented come build I don't think I'm talented enough to build anything I don't have enough resource to build anything we raised a bunch of money um, but you know the truth is I didn't really want to be a game developer or a builder I want to build a studio that was different because we have technology today that allows for that and the thesis is really simple. You build a world and people build into that world and you use digital currencies to monetize that world. And you take influencers and you motion capture them and integrate them into gaming. And as they get integrated into gaming, you can have real experiences with an influencer in a game, which eventually would be UGC, where anyone could be in a game. So you take these you know, Twitch streamers and you allow for that streaming with their AI counterparts in these environments. And that's what we've been building for about a year and a half. So it, it really was just combining all of these theories was hard to do. 
and we were able to build um, uh, some really pretty interesting things as a result of it, um, just by combining it all. And it, it, it's funny because a lot of the stuff Meta's talking about with celebrity and AI, you know, I, I went through a divorce and I got to spend a lot of time looking at those virtual girlfriends and it's just amazing to <laughs> see. I've played every single one of those fucking things. And now we see the art ones. And, you know, you want to know what my thesis was? The technology and those virtual girlfriends are unreal. You know, what they're able to do, what if we put that in a game environment and created action around it and created something that you could connect to that wasn't OnlyFans, for instance, that created other monetization vehicles? You know, what if that character could sell branded armor and, you know, they're just selling to their followers in a new environment, which opens up new monetization. So the other part of the thesis, and I know I'm going a bit long here, was, you know, games for the longest time rely on this hit-driven business. It's either a hit and successful or it's a failure and you make this huge investment. Well, that's Hollywood. A record's either a hit. A movie is either a hit. Well, what if we threw that out and we did vertical integration in an environment where we didn't rely upon hits because we could use digital currency and the values of it and the right placements of it and the right user base to generate um, and monetize in different ways. Well, that's what I wanted to build. That was a mouthful, guys. Sorry. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot that you said there. So trying to break it down <laughs> for our audience here. I mean, I live in San Francisco, so I go, you know, two blocks and I see an AI billboard. Uh, where, yeah. And you're taking, you know, AI and emerging technology alongside blockchain, which is still changing by the day. I mean, that must move the goalpost like on a weekly basis for you. You being yeah. building for a year and a half, you know, what's sort of the biggest um, challenges that you have or the biggest opportunities? I, I know you mentioned, you know, um, having think, that integration. Yep, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, look, the biggest challenge is, I swear to God, you know, my brain works in a funny way sometimes. And just explaining to the company that I created with the staff that we have, what the hell we were doing was a challenge, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, look, okay, let's create a deck, guys. You know, create the deck four times, right? Okay. <laughs> let's create a video, guys, <laughs> so I can just <laughs> explain what it is I'm trying to articulate. And, you know, we went to a Cardano conference and, you know, it wasn't a ton of people there. And we had a motion capture unit and we probably scanned 70% of that conference and wow. have those digital doubles. And it just told me what the appetite was, you know, for something that, that is new like this. And, you know, I have demos of all this stuff. If you want to have them, air them, you can put them in after. This is a place you can edit. But I have, you know, demos of taking an influencer, putting her in the game, being able to talk to her as you're playing the game. Yeah, that's something that I saw you you do also in Las Vegas. I saw you just had a conference recently. I saw yeah, some. Yeah, that's the one I was talking that, about. Everyone oh, was okay. scanning. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I haven't seen digital doubles done in that fashion before, and and I imagine AI kind of takes the personality or or you know uh, the part of the influencer. They don't necessarily have to be the face and voice, even controlling that digital double. It could just kind of it's, uh, it's independently run in itself. It's really crazy, you know. The first game, Girl Fight, was completely, you know, you know, my girlfriend's inspiration and vision for this thing. She was doing some martial arts moves. I don't know why she doesn't do martial arts one day. <laughs> and talked about AI and being immortal in a game as a character. And a lot of it, like, 
hit me when she said that. And I was mad at her one week. She'll kill me for this part. And I created an AI version of her that was just kind of a bitch, <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> Edit bitch, but she was just horrible to me. And it was like typing in, hey, what are you doing? Why are you asking? What do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. This is her when she's mad. And it really is like this amazing thing, you know, where, where AI is going and, and frightening at the same time. You know, when we start to think about things like super intelligence and what impact that's going to have. If Elon Musk hears this conversation, we're all getting flagged long term. You know how he always says like AI is going to take over the world. Well, um, he, he's built what people don't realize is with XAI, I mean, you know, it's a shell game. That's a, that's a defensive company to deal with that super intelligence problem. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, the principle in that is just when AI has a capacity that's greater than humans, how are we going to deal with that with, I, I, with, with no moral compass? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just I was just talking to somebody about this recently um, who's not as technology uh, isn't as savvy in technology as we are. And I was explaining to him with like deep fakes and just video mm -hmm. as we know it is it's it's hard to even know is this something real now and i'm questioning this on a video here and there and i was telling him i was like in a year or two you can't believe what's in a video you're not gonna be able to believe it it's in we've never we've never lived through a time where like you see a video and you're like that's a fake 100 well, percent fake. Or, you know well, you know what's funny about that i went to hungary and my great-grandmother didn't believe that the moon launch happened and you might remember the conspiracy theories about, well, they filmed it in the studio. Yeah, 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 the whole thing. Capricorn One, I think, was the movie that yeah, dealt with that. I saw and, that. And, you know, so we did have it. We just didn't have the technology to support it so flawlessly. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great point. But th there'll be a point, like, you talk about, like, big Bigfoot videos. You know, if you yeah. had some of the videos that we see now if you, 20 years ago, we'd be like, 100%, that has to be real. But now, <laughs> moving forward, the video evidence is going to be, thrown out the window and it's going to be very interesting and i was i don't even know where i'm going with this but uh just well, you're going you're going to the place i think where you know it's it's kind of out of the, the bottle now and there's no stopping it yeah. you know there, you know if, let's talk about ip for a minute you know microsoft is getting tons of cease and desist letters you know for copyright infringement left and right you know when we take a look at the music stuff you know, and the way music is being recreated and, you know, it's not the Beatles doing a song, it's different AI versions doing Beatles songs. Um, right. It's a copyright nightmare. You know, it, it's going to change everything. And, that, and that's why I say, you know, the Web3 world connected to the Web2 world really just changes the, the battlefield in a way. And, you know, you look for the new monetization that gives the creator the leverage back because the creator lost the leverage a long time ago. You know, can you imagine democratizing creation? If you could do that and creators can have an even playing field no matter who they are, like your podcast, for instance, where all of a sudden, day one, you can actually compete and you don't have to do the things that are natural selection to put you at the top of the list. You know, that's, that's a fun day. <laughs> You know what? Going back to uh, reflect in the platform, can you give us? <laughs> can you give us some um, 
more real life examples of when, you know, these digital twins or digital identities would be a benefit for a brand or a creator, how they could utilize it and how they could monetize behind that? Well, yeah. So, you know, the first game, which is launching, we have the VR version already playable. We had a web-based version already playable. We took an influencer, you know, influencers, motion captured them, put them in the game. Think of Mortal Kombat game. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways they can monetize. You know, they can have that AI chat experience, video experience with players. They can sell and monetize in a way they never had before. They can create in a way they haven't before. You can use digital currencies. One of the things we, we're doing is we're going to put a digital currency uh, into all of these games and other games outside of our ecosystem. We bought a smart contract recently, and we're going to do something that's never been done by repurposing it. And, you know, we can do anything that our imagination allows us to do. And that's why, you know, when you take a look at an influencer that monetizes on one platform, the idea is that real life influencer doesn't have to stream here. Their digital double will. Yeah. Their their digital double, for lack of a better term, it's almost like that multiplicity movie where the cl- where the clone <laughs> works for the Michael influencer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's really what it was in my mind. It was like, okay, having a digital double is cool, and all these guys like Mr. Beast that are doing it. It's like, what are they really doing? They're just creating art. They're yeah. creating this, you know, artistic AI version. But if you don't have something to do with it, then what's the point? You know, if it doesn't work on your behalf globally, if you can't have it doing multiple things at once and, you know, allowing a user-generated version to emerge with handhelds, which will happen, and put them into games, I mean, now an influencer can make money by being a character in a game. It doesn't have to be Megan Fox in Mortal Kombat. Or, you know, whoever the celebrity of the day is. And, and, you know, I think that's a differentiation for me from what Meta is doing. You know, Meta is using all these celebrities. And, you know, the truth is, I think that's going to run its course. But ordinary people doing extraordinary things in a digital world is really cool. You know, and I, and I think that's what we're going to accomplish by doing more motion capture and allowing people to put themselves in games. And there could be a premium for that. That's something that's never happened. If you could be in Call of Duty tomorrow as a character, you might do it. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of already doing that a little bit, like in Madden or in yeah. any other game when you're, you know, it's not the same level, but where people want to be themselves. I want to make myself yeah. Brian McNutt. I want yeah. to look like yeah. me. I want to play on my favorite team. Yeah. Um, yeah, very. Yeah, and what that really requires is, you know, someone that has an affinity for the game. And, and the way I think about it, again, if I'm world building, is the underlying foundational environment is there. Let other people build. They're the builders. You know, if you can put the tools in place, and that's what we spent a lot of time doing, is putting all the tools in place so we know we could sell things through secondary marketplaces. You know, it's built on the Cardano Foundation, but, you know, we're going to expand out of that. Um but it was really like a fun way to build the thing um, because we knew we could we could go much bigger and we could go globally with this. And it would be a very different kind of experience ultimately that hadn't happened. And if we take a look at, you know, the decline of NFTs, well, NFTs and games are different. I mean, take a look at Immutable. Take a look at the other guys out there that are doing this. They're the ones that are, you know, up 50% right now. And there's a reason. There's an actual use. Mm-hmm. There's a deep use where if you improve, you know, the odds of you succeeding at a game or you can monetize in a game or you could stake it again, whatever, you know, if you take the financial aspects in that game, 
then it's a whole different experience. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a huge barrier to entry for like a creator coming on board versus like a brand? I imagine. No, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you know, that was another thing when I was doing the videotape to the company saying, this is what I want to do. Everyone was like, well, why aren't you getting Kim Kardashian? And it's like, I don't want Kim Kardashian. I don't want something to be bigger than the community as a whole. I'm not interested in that because then it becomes a Kim Kardashian game. So, you know, eventually there is no barrier to entry. And this is going to be about scale and scope where anyone can do it. And I mean, I really don't like the licensing business as it exists today. You know, you're paying a fortune in advances for the likeness of an influencer. For what? A couple of posts? Give me people that really care about a game, that are gamers. And look, the first release is a game called Girl Fight. And Girl Fight is meant to, you know, the narrative is going to be about empowerment. And it was created by females. It, you know, there are no female-driven games. And I just love the idea of that. You know, that the diversity that we can accomplish because we want to. Like, the hardest thing with, like, the people at the company was, like, well, what about the KPI in the game? I'm like, fuck KPI. Stop. Like, let's just build something cool. Let's just build an environment where people want to hang out. You know, because, like, the concert shit in VR ain't it. And, you know, is, is VR and, you know, mixed reality and all that stuff emerges. Like, I love the Oculus 3. I just bought one of those things. And it's super fun. You know, and I think as Meta releases that in Asia, you know, we're, we're going to see this underlying world change. And that's what we're building for the foundation of, you know, what these metaverses and multiverses or whatever you want to call it, you know, what they look like in the future. Well, we've talked a lot about the platform and I can only imagine this might open up a can of worms, but I'm very curious. So what have been some of the biggest challenges just overall building this concept and merging these all ideas and worlds together? Um, the young people at the company not understanding the historical basis of vintage gaming and why I would want to do that. The older folks at the company not understanding the Web3 components. The biggest challenge is, is, is t- timing it all together. You know, when you build a game, you know, you have a product management roadmap. That's relatively easy, but a lot of work. But when you have a game and you have a product management roadmap, you have a digital currency roadmap, you have a foundational cryptocurrency, you know, roadmap, you have the influencer themselves, the deals and what those deals look like, the IP, and how you're going to integrate them into the game, what the timeline on integration is, the VR version of that, and putting that all together is a challenge. Talk to me about the vintage gaming, big vintage I lo- gaming. I love guy. that. So, so for me, so for me, you know, this is just like a labor of love in some ways to go back and get these games that may have succeeded, but just were cool. Um, we also have some Web three stuff too, and we, we look. One of the games we went back and got was this thing called Descent by Overload, which was a cool vintage game, and we're going to reinvent it for what it looks like in Web three. So that's just another part of the business model. I think when I thought about Reflect, I thought. What are all the cool business models we can do that are a little bit different? Because then we don't have to succeed with one and have a hit-driven business. Because in my mind, it's a studio eventually, you know, because sound stages aren't going to last forever. They're going to be part of tours. You know, when motion capture will happen on a desktop. So you'll be able to do a studio, music studio, television, anything you want to do with this format. And that's where I want to get to. And it's not by, you know, creating the biggest, best game and competing with the games that are coming out. That's not going to work. You know, and as a matter of fact, I was having this conversation with 
one of the guys at Grand Theft Auto who'd been there since the beginning. And I was really excited to talk to him, you know, because I just love that game. You know, they broke all the rules and they really like connect. And the guy starts talking to me about performance and user base. I'm like, is this Grand Theft Auto? What the fuck? Like, seriously, I don't want to talk to you. Like, that's not it. Like, just create an environment that people want to like do cool shit in. So, you know, the challenge is really we're just tying all of that stuff together. And the vintage games were just, you know, the other game we have is a Web3 game actually um, called Chrono Shot. And we're just taking these games and, and, you know, a bunch of the Cardano games are going to be part of the ecosystem. And we're just allowing for different things to emerge through the creativity and resource of building because we have the resource and, you know, a fair amount of experience to, to help those people that are building on the platform. Yeah, there seems to be, uh, it sounds like a, a huge opportunity, obviously, of gaming, right? Gaming's bigger than movies, music, sports combined. I imagine that's why you're in there. Uh, and where we want to, where do you want to go with the technology? There's, how, how difficult is it for the layperson on board? And we know you're targeting creators. Easy. And, you know, it's the easy. users are behind that. It, 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 it's easy. It's because, like, I'm not creating this thing where I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that's a critic, you know? It's sub, you know, initially the way it's going to work is, you know, I'm selecting some influencers and streamers and, but you know, if someone came to me, you know, that was passionate, like that's what I care about. I don't give a shit about anything else, you know, because they're the ones who are going to carry the message. And so, you know, to onboard into the platform, you know, from techno technical perspective, I mean, we're going to make it easy as we kind of emerge from, you know, different blockchains and, you know, we're going to do a bunch of BD and, you know, give people resource so they can build on the platform. Um, you know, so I don't want to make it hard. Everything in life is hard, you know? Like, I remember these poor artists trying to get their first record deal, and it was just like, such bullshit, you know? Like, one of the, the, the minute I knew I wanted to be a record executive is when I went to my first showcase, and I saw the asshole record executives sitting in the room, looking at the talent and judging it. And I thought, okay, never want to be talent because that's terrible. So if I'm going to be in this business, I want to be one of those assholes. And sadly, you know, I did that for a long time. And then I just realized just like how terrible it was, you know, to be that guy, you know, and these poor artists, you know, they were being treated like product offerings. And that's not what art's supposed to be about. That's not what anything that we build is supposed to be about. You know, people put their kind of heart and soul and pain and love into creating things, whether it's a movie or a song. And, you know, it's like, who the fuck are we to judge? Anyone should be allowed to create anything they want to create and be able to make a living at it. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> With the, the advent of AI, I mean, like you, you mentioned protecting creator IP. Um, yeah. How, I saw the, the coolest use case of, of AI that I saw recently was just someone remade Star Wars through Japanese yeah. characters and languages, which was super well, cool. I, I but by the way, let me, let me be clear. I, 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 I'm not actually on that side of protecting the IP. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> That's not what I said. I said it's going to be an IP nightmare for mm. the guys that hold the copyrights to IP. It's going to be a nightmare for them. Because the guy from Star Wars is losing his fucking mind right right now, you know, the, or whoever owns, you know, all of that IP. I think it's cool as shit. And, it, it, you know, it sums it up. I don't know if you guys ever watched Dave Chappelle, 
But I just saw this the other day, and it was so cool. It was a Dave Chappelle interview, like on Late Night. And he had that one skit where he's talking about Prince playing basketball yeah. and serving pancakes. <laughs> and Dave Chappelle has this photograph. He's dressed like Prince serving pancakes. Well, Prince took that photograph and put it out as record. And I'm like, how fucking cool is that? And Chappelle goes, I can't sue him because I'm like taking his identity, you know, and he put it on his own record with my face when I did exactly the same thing to him. And it was just like, that's how screwed up IP is in some ways. So when someone comes out with the Japanese version of Star Wars, to be honest with you, I want to see that. And look, there are parody laws that you can do that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think, you know, the Wild West of, of, you know, where it goes is really, really interesting. And, you know, I don't need to be the guy. Like when we started doing the influencer deals, for instance, I, everyone thought I was crazy. I'm like, I don't want the likeness. If they want to leave the platform, they can have their digital double. I don't want to keep that either. Like I'm not in the business of owning something that's not me. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't care what it costs, they can have it. And that was always kind of my whole deal, like leaning into to not trying to, you know, leverage people by ownership. I mean, you hear those nightmares about record artists, you know, that are indentured servants for the rest of their lives because they signed a contract. Like, who the fuck wants to be that guy, you know, that does that to someone? It's just so much easier to say, you know, let's scale this doing something that's fair, you know? And we also did really big margins for the creators. You know, that was another thing. You know, if you take a look at the existing influencer world, influencers don't make as much as you think on the, on the percentage side. You know, they'll get these advances, but they don't make shit on the percentage side. And I was kind of like, well, forget the advances. I hate them anyway because they don't do anything once they get them. But let's give them all of the upside almost. So we took really small portions. We took 10, 20%, depending on what game we were putting them in and let them have the bulk, 80, 70%, you know, depending on what it is that we were doing with them and let them have that money. I didn't care because I knew that if it could get to a place where there was enough usage, then we would be able to convert it in other ways because we're smarter about monetization. That's the thing digital currencies has showed us. Very interesting. I guess the last question I have is any future developments? I mean, I know you have a ton on your plate here, but any exciting announcements? I, you know, I have to, to to stop engaging in other projects. I think between Wave, <laughs> you know, which is, is something that's very important to me. You know, we've been in business since 2018. And when, when everyone imploded, we, we ended up standing still. And Reflect has nothing to do with Wave at all. You know, Reflect is just a separate thing I wanted to do. And Charles had the vision and you know, we expanded on it and, you know, we have this really good team of people that are, that are building this. And I think, you know, it, one of the things that's been funny is telling the story has been relatively difficult. I think, you know, people are, are locked into the stories about AI right now. You know, Sam is obviously dominating the news right now, you know, <laughs> yeah. with, with that Microsoft move, which was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I guess what I'm really interested in is just disruption. Yeah. Right industry. <laughs> so, awesome. That's my story. So where can the audience, where can we find you next? Where can we go get our digital double? Are you going to be at some events? Where, where's I the best? We'll be at events. If you want to do one, we'll just do one. We bought, 
a motion capture, you know, we bought the motion capture equipment so we can do it, um, you know, and right now one of the things um, that we're doing is I, I'm having him look at all the conferences and events, you know, because I want to scan people and I want to put people in these games based on their choice. So yeah. the more people we have, the cooler it'll be. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Well, you might have one ready, but ourselves, you know, we are emerging content creators. <laughs> Love to have ourselves running around digitally in your games and uh, potentially in the future. Happy to do it. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing about this. And, you know, the funny thing about what we're doing is I feel like we did it very early. I mean, we had a couple of stumbling blocks here and there, but I haven't really heard of a lot of people doing it to the scale that we're doing it because we're actually doing every aspect of it, which was the really challenging part. You know, you hear people doing pieces, but we were like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's do the agency. Let's figure out how to do the growth hacking for the digital doubles. Let's create all the social media for the digital doubles. So we literally went piece by piece and figured it out and hired accordingly. Nice, nice. Yeah, we would love to have you back here, Les, because we know this technology sure. moves like in dog years. And I imagine in a few weeks from now, you're going to have a whole different, uh, you know, sector to share with us of how you're disrupting it. Well, that's the sad part, you know, like with my virtual girlfriends, all thousand apps I've downloaded, Lord knows what I've paid for. He's laughing because he's done it. Look, he's done it as well, you know, and it, it, it's like, dude, what you can do with those things now is just crazy. They send selfies, they send videos, you know, they talk to you know you you know it, it's just amazing what you can do with that it, amazing and a bit scary i just had my firstborn and uh it's gonna be an interesting world he grows up into let's just say that well hopefully a good one yeah yeah perfect well it was amazing having you on Les. we'll Thanks, let guys. our audience know how to find reflex and you down below yeah. um, we'll make sure to invite you back also i appreciate it guys thanks thanks Bye. Bye.